It's All Access with LMU baseball head coach Nathan Choate. I'm your host, Jonathan Grace. Each week, Coach Choate will take lines behind the scenes with the LMU baseball program, talk about page magic and upcoming events with the team. Coach, as always, it's great to have you with us. Great to see you. And folks, we've got a special guest on the podcast today, LMU second baseman, Matthew Piotrowski. Matthew, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. LMU Athletics would like to thank University Credit Union for bringing you today's episode of All Access. University Credit Union is a proud supporter of the Lions family, and you can visit your local University Credit Union at ucu.org. We talk about page magic on the podcast here sometimes, and it's for good reason. The Lions play well at home. They're now 8-7 and seven on the season when they play in Page Stadium. And that was no different this weekend against the University of San Diego Toreros, where they went two wins and one loss against the Toreros, with a win on Friday and a win on Sunday. And despite the loss on Saturday, it was a strong performance pretty much all around. Today, I sit down with LMU head coach Nathan Choate and LMU second baseman Matthew Piotrowski to talk about developing as a player, what it takes to keep your defense and pitchers inspired, and how it feels to win at home. All that and more on today's episode of All Access. So without further ado, here's my conversation with head coach Nathan Choate and Matthew Piotrowski. We've got a lot to cover today. Let's start off talking about this series against San Diego. You guys went 2-1 and one at home against the Toreros. You guys are now 8-7 and seven at home this season. Seems like things go well when you play at Page Stadium, Coach. Yeah, uh, it was a great weekend. I thought we played complete baseball all weekend. Um, even Saturday's game, I thought it was a good game, even though we lost. And so, you know, anytime you play good baseball and take two out of three in conference, it's a good weekend. And we have been playing better at home, so... Uh, it was a great weekend. So in that Friday game, as well as in your Sunday game, you guys got on the board early, scoring in the first frame. Uh, and in the case with Sunday, you guys actually scored in the second as well. Coach, you've, we've spoken about this a lot this season on the podcast, but it seems like when you guys warm up the bats early, good things happen. Yeah, I think it takes some pressure off of everybody when we score early in games. It takes pressure off of some of our younger or newer pitchers. Um, it takes some pressure off our offensive players where they don't feel like they have to do so much. Um, and so I think it starts with the home games trying to have a clean first inning. And then the, offensively, we feel like we can go up and if we can score one or two in the first couple innings, uh, kind of get us going. And Matthew, I want to turn to you with a similar question. Do you feel like, as coach said, it takes a little bit of that pressure off when you guys get the bats warmed up early? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're a team that usually scores first, you know, the percentage of winning are usually a lot higher. Um, and it definitely kind of helps our pitching staff a little bit, too, to know that, you know, we can put up some runs for them and help them. So, Coach, in that first game, you guys had a monster fourth inning. You put up five runs. Uh, you know what helped the team explode like that mid game? I believe it was a leadoff walk by uh, Alec Carden. They got it started, and then executing, and, and they had a couple breakdowns defensively, and we got a couple big swings. And um, you know, it's contagious. <laughs> Good baseball is contagious. Bad baseball is contagious. And we just kind of got it going right there, and, and the guys were excited and. I thought the way that we came out and played on Friday, I thought we played with a ton of energy. I thought we played as a team, um, and I thought our guys fed off of that. I thought the dugout was awesome. And so all of those things combined lead to a, lead to a big inning. Do you think that energy and that excitement in that Friday game helped kind of inspire some of this good offense? 100%. I don't think there's any question that how we went about our business on Friday set the tone for the entire weekend. And Matthew, I kind of want to toss a similar question to you. Just walk us through that that fourth inning from your perspective. You know, what was the mood in the dugout? Was it exciting for you and the rest of the guys? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, 
playing underneath the lights on Friday night like that, it's super exciting. And, you know, and obviously, you know, coming off kind of tough weekends and the energy that we brought this past weekend was, was great. It's fun to be around. So, Coach, you mentioned you felt you guys had a strong Saturday performance, even though the team lost that game. You dropped the game 0-6, to but as you said, had some really strong at-bats. The next day, though, you guys responded and took a 4-2 win over the Toreros. How did you guys go about refocusing so quickly uh, with less than 24 hours between the matchups? I thought, you know, it started the way we played on Saturday. Um, Just because you lose doesn't mean you played bad baseball. You know, we had some hits, and I thought Matt McClure threw fine. We made maybe two or three mistakes on the mound, and they capitalized. And so we didn't make a real big deal out of it. We just decided, you know, if we come back Sunday and play that same style of baseball, that we were going to be in the game. And I thought our guys did that. And so um, that was kind of our approach. And Matthew, what about from you? What on your end as a player uh, and as a hitter kind of helped you refocus and, in your case, continue that strong performance from Friday and Saturday into Sunday's game? Right. Kind of like, you know, Coach Chuck said, you know, just because you lose the game doesn't mean you, know, you can't bring good energy the next day. And it kind of helps a lot, too, knowing that, you know, whoever we put on the mound, we have a lot of trust in them. And it definitely helps us with the team. Well, Coach, you've mentioned before, and, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast, you know, no such thing as, as a moral victory, but that doesn't mean you can't take away good things from a game that comes out as a loss on the score sheet. As you said, a lot of really good hitting, some great strong at-bats, some good battles in there as well on Saturday. What were some of your takeaways from that matchup? You know, on Saturday, I thought you got to kind of tip your cap to to them. You know, their guys did a good job, and um, we had some guys on base, and we just didn't capitalize in some areas, but it was a close ball game, and then on the mound, I thought the freshmen that we brought in, Adam Christopher and Logan Hurd, did a great job just kind of settling San Diego down. That's a good lineup that he have on that side. And so to hold them scoreless the last, I think, four innings. Um, so, yeah, anytime you lose, you are obviously disappointed. Um, but, you know, trying to have consistent play across the board, that was something one of the positives that we could take from it. I feel like a lot of times in, in baseball and in sports in general at the college level, when you talk about energy, uh, it, it tends to be focused on energy on offense. But you mentioned two young freshmen coming in and really holding San Diego at bay. How does that energy impact the defense as well? There's no doubt. There's a huge impact on just the defense and the whole team. I think the pitcher sets the tone. Um, you know, for me, energy is a choice. It's not an emotion. Right. And so you make that choice. And we made a choice as a team to have energy. And then when your pitcher is, is pitching with tempo, and attack in the bottom of the strike zone, I think your defense is excited about it, and they're not on their heels or on their toes, and we made some really, really good plays this weekend. Um, Matt turned several double plays. You know, we made two errors, I think it was on Sunday, but we made a ton of great plays, and I think sometimes people look at the scoreboard and they go, oh, man, you made two errors. Well, defense is not about not making errors. It's about making plays, and and I thought we made several plays all weekend, so um, there's no doubt that the energy was great all weekend. Well, you mentioned those double plays, and, and Matthew, let's turn to you for a second. You had a ridiculously good weekend, probably one of your, certainly your best of the season, probably one of your best as a Lions, and, and bear with me because this is a long list here, but you had two runs scored and seven assists on Friday, both of which are career highs, three hits, a career high, and four putouts on Saturday, season high. You had a triple and two RBIs on Sundays, both season highs, and you were involved in five double plays this weekend, a career high. What on earth did you have for breakfast this weekend? I just had a regular, you know, uh, I just had an egg burrito, you know, and some fruit with it. But kind of going back to like what Choke said, defensively, it's, it's makes it so much easier. Like when our pitchers, when they can throw strikes and they can, and can like command the zone, and, you know, and offensively, our coaching staff does a great job, especially Matt Curtis, 
um, and helping us have an approach and a plan up there at the play. What are some of those things you do as a player out there on second base to, to try to keep the energy up uh, during a strong defensive stand? Uh, I mean, just talking to the pitchers and just reminding them that they're doing a good job, you know, and reminding the uh, infielders to have good first steps and be ready because, you know, the ball can throw them at any time. And what's what's your trick to, to kind of maintaining focus? You played very consistently and very strong all weekend. Uh, you know, two wins and a loss, though, but you really stayed the same. You played a very high level of baseball this weekend. What What was the key to your consistency there? Well, I think a lot of it was just the team, the energy that they bring. It's it's really easy to kind of stay in the moment when our team is, has energy um, for the first inning all the way through nine, especially on a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday game. Well, Coach mentioned those double plays. You were involved in five of them this weekend. Was that kind of a focus for you this weekend, or were you just kind of hypervigilant of those opportunities as they arose? Yeah, I mean, you, as defense, you know, we always have to be kind of prepared to be on our toes and be ready to make plays like that. And, um, you know, we have a great great team, a great infield, and it makes it a lot easier to turn a double plays. And are those double plays something you guys have been focusing on more in practice, or is this something that has kind of just been built up as as trust develops between the infielders? Well, I think it's a mixture of both. Uh, our infield, we have great chemistry as a team. We get along really well. And uh, our infield coach, Tony Asaro, does a great job in helping us and, and getting us prepared for games like those. And coach, I'll turn to you and kind of ask you about those double plays as well. You know, what were some of the things that you noticed from the infield that, that really helped make some of those big time plays? Well, number one, you got to get a ground ball. It makes it <laughs> makes it a lot easier to turn a double play. So um, it has kind of been a point of emphasis where we've had a clock on guys trying to just speed them up. And we've done some things in BP or on the feed stuff. And so um, it was nice to see our guys get some positive results from that. Um, but yeah, more than anything, just when those opportunities arise, you just take advantage of them and you just free yourself up and you go for it. So, You mentioned in practice you have a, a clock on some guys. Can you talk us through a little bit more what those drills look like? A drill called 10 ball where we turn a bunch of double plays and pitchers are involved and there's two different teams, right-handed pitchers versus left-handed pitchers and, and the infield is out there. Um, and then Coach Asaro has, and we're fun going and trying to turn double plays. Well, recently we've added a clock on it. And so we're trying to be under a 4.5 seconds um, which is a decent runtime down the line. So I think that's just added a little bit more pressure um, in, in our training. And so that's one of the things that we tried to to tweak a little bit. Matthew, do you think this increased pressure, this increased pace that you've practiced uh, you know, during those training days has helped make things seem a little bit easier in the games when it comes to double plays? Yeah, uh, 100%. I think our coach staff does a great job in treating our training sessions like games. So when we get in those game situations it's nothing new to us well Matthew your defense was very consistent this weekend but so too was your offense we mentioned those two runs you had RBIs you had doubles you had triples you had a handful of base hits as well you know what was the key to your consistency at bat I mean I think for me we're just taking each at bat at its own and not letting another bat carry into its own Um, and just sticking with my approach and and like I said earlier with our coach our hitting coach Matt Curtis he does a great job with helping us kind of have a plan and have an approach for every at-bat. And how does that approach change for you as a player, you know, and even with working with your batting coach as well, just to dissect a pitcher, you know, no matter who it is that you're facing? Right. Um, you know, it, it kind of changes on game situation. You know, are we up, are we down? What's the count? Are the runners in scoring position? You know, and it kind of just differs with things like that. 
So, Coach, you know, we talked about the young pitchers for a second. I want to talk more about pitching for, for just a moment. We saw Josh Agnew pick up his first start in a while uh, against the University of San Francisco a few weeks ago. And this past weekend, he started again on Friday, and he picked up his third win uh, in, in that game. And it looks like he's settling back in nicely into that weekend starter role. Yeah, he was great. He, I thought he really set the tone for the weekend. Um, we had been struggling getting deep into games um, on Fridays to start off a series which really taxes your bullpen for the rest of the weekend. And so I really thought the job that he did, he got in trouble in the fourth inning and he got out of it, which was huge. And that's an area that we've been struggling in. And he kind of got through it and minimized it and I only gave up a run and then ended up going on six innings. And, you know, it saves the bullpen. You know, you don't need as many guys on a Friday and then obviously Saturday and Sunday. So it's crucial that your Friday starter can go six or seven innings to start off the weekend. Well, Coach, you have a pitcher's mind, and you're well-versed in, in this area of the game. You know, what is it like for a player when they start to get in trouble, you know, when they start to maybe lose their rhythm a little bit, and what does it take for them to dig themselves back out of it like Josh did this weekend? Several things. You know, it's one of the great things about pitching is when you're going good, everybody's looking at you, right? You're on the mound, and you have the ball, and you're kind of setting the pace. Flip that. When you're struggling, it's the lowest of lows. You know, you're trying to get out of it. Everyone's looking at you. You're searching. So I think having a good routine and trying to get out of it, um, thinking about the right things, controlling your breathing, thinking about the next pitch as opposed to the previous pitch. I think that's one of the things with really young pitchers. Um, They get caught up with the results of what happened two or three pitches ago. And instead of what's going to happen in the next pitch, because that's really at the end of the day, the only thing that you can control one of the ways I try to describe it, it's like driving down the freeway and looking in your rearview mirror the whole time. Well, eventually you're going to crash, right? So you got to keep your eyes on the road in front of you. And so, you know, it's just it's a process to get those guys to understand it. And when you're competitive and you're in the moment and you feel the pressure of runners on base and you get squeezed by an umpire, um, trying to control your breathing, control your mindset and just get to the next pitch. Really easy to, for us to talk about right now. Um, but when you have a bunch of people screaming and yelling and looking at you, it's not as, as easy as it sounds. And Matthew, how about you as a defensive player? What are some of the things that, that you can do to try to pick up a pitcher in a situation like that and, and really keep the energy going uh, to help them get out of a slump? I think, um, you know, obviously playing good defense behind them, but I think just reminding them to kind of stay in the moment and remind them of their, their past success and just remind them that they are a good player. Well, it turned out to be a, a really fantastic defensive uh, couple of games there for the Lions. And, you know, Coach, another pitcher I want to talk about as well is Jimmy Galicia. He had one of his best performances of the season this weekend. You know, talk to us a little bit about his development uh, in this season specifically. Yeah, you know, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for, for Jimmy. He's a guy that had a ton of success at the junior college level and started off the, the season okay and then kind of got into a little bit of a rut and has been working his way out of it. Um you know, the thing for me that was so great to see kind of challenged him to see how many ground balls he could get on Sunday. I don't know the exact number of ground balls that he got, but even some of those base hits were ground balls in the infield. And he's a sinker ball guy. So that's really a key to his success. And then somebody had told me I, I hadn't looked at the numbers yet, but I think it was 62 out of 78 pitches that he threw were strikes. Um, that's a lot of that's a lot of counts that he's jumping ahead in and and making good pitches and he was landing both his slider and his changeup and I think you know just he looked different on the mound too there it, it was a different um, mentality um, his confidence in himself and I think you know you're and it'd be a good question for Matt is you can see it as a teammate right you can see when somebody is believing in themselves and so as a coach it was nice to sit back and just watch him go 
okay, he's starting to feel comfortable. He has a plan. He's executing his plan. So I was really, really happy for him. Honestly, the my favorite play of the game was he covered first base. There was a play with uh, two out, one out, and he covered first base. And um, in the past, he has not been very good covering first base in the pace that we would like him to do it here. And he did it exactly right. He got his butt over there. He caught the ball. He broke down and looked in and checked the runner at third base. And so of all the plays that he made and all the pitches that he made, honestly, as a coach, that was my favorite thing that I saw. What is a play like that and and really, by extension, a game like he had, uh, what does that do for a player's confidence? I think it's I think it's huge. You get to build off a of success, right? And we've talked about it so many times on here when when you feel good about yourself, right? You feel like you can do anything. And and when you're questioning yourself or doubting yourself, you you feel pretty low. And and this team has had a lot of really highs and some some lows. And one of the things that we're con- continuing to try and do is become a more consistent team where we believe in ourselves and we don't have as high highs and as low lows. So I, I definitely think, you know, hopefully he can build off of that. He should f- feel good at that about that outing and, and should be proud of it. So. Well, Matthew, coach, you know, mentioned that it would be a good question to ask you. Can you see one of your teammates starting to kind of come into their own rhythm? Well, yeah, you can definitely tell just by the way they carry themselves. And, you know, Jimmy, the kind of guy you love to have on your team, he brings good energy, great energy to the field every day. And like Chuck said, you could just tell he was in a, in a groove and he had so much confidence in himself. What about for yourself? Can you start to feel yourself sink into your own rhythm? I think so, yeah. You can kind of get tendencies of when you're going well, you can kind of get in that rhythm and I think it's important as a player when you're going bad to not dwell on those things and be where your feet are and stay confident in yourself and your ability. What are some of those things that you know the tactics that you've developed as a player to be able to kind of flip that switch and refocus in a game where you may not be necessarily playing your best but kind of refocus so you can still maximize results? I think it kind of starts with I mean remembering that you are a good player remembering your past success but also knowing that, you know, the coaching staff, the team, you know, they, they believe in you. And, you know, it's important to believe in yourself just as much as they believe in you. Well, Coach, we've been talking a lot today about players and their development. And Matthew is probably one of the Lions who's maybe developed some of the most on this team. You know, can you speak a little bit to some of his development uh, throughout his career here as a Lion? Yeah, you know, his, his freshman year, he just kind of kept working hard and uh, went about his business. And then last year, I don't think he probably had the season that he had envisioned early on before the COVID stuff hit. I think he would say that as well. Um, and then I thought this fall, man, he really came back with with a with a chip on his shoulder, something to prove um, every day in practice in the weight room. He had changed his body. I think he had add, added at least 15 pounds. It, I mean, it was noticeable that he was on a mission. And then in, in January, late January, he ended up breaking a finger. And so we didn't have him for, shoot, almost the, the I think it was the second week of March, maybe, um, where we got finally got him back. Um, so we were excited about him in the fall and, and his development. And then just watching him believe in himself, he scuffled a little bit those first couple games, just kind of getting his feet wet. But watching him this weekend and how he played, um, not the hits and, and the defensive plays, but how he carried himself, you could just see, like, he, he, he is growing up before our eyes. Um, the things that he's talking about, those are real. And so um, it was great to see. He, he's not a real emotional player. He's very stoic in how he goes about it. But I did catch him on that double play, um, that, that play that you were talking about earlier. When he came in, there was there was some emotion and a fist pump. Um, and that was genuine. He was just really, really excited that 
it was a big play. And I, he was just excited to help the team. And I think more than anything else, he's a team player. And, you know, when you're out and you're hurt and you've worked so hard and you just want to help, right? You just want to help us win. And when you're watching for five or six weeks, it can be frustrating, right? And then you get in and you press a little bit because you want to help right away. It just takes a little bit of time. And this weekend, I thought this was the most comfortable he felt. And I think he was genuinely excited, not about his success. I think he was genuinely excited that he had an opportunity to help our team. So that, that's kind of my take on it. Well, Matthew, I'd love to hear from you on this. Do you feel like this was a strong, growing weekend for you, like Coach mentioned? Yeah, I think this weekend, you know, it's been a huge growing part for me. And I think, you know, this whole year has been, and I think a huge part of my growth has been the coaching staff. You know, they do a great job holding us accountable, you know, and, and being honest with us and letting us know what it is that we need to improve. And, and they help us with, uh, you know, each step of the way with growing as a person and as a player. Well, certainly. I mean, the stat sheet reflected it as well. And Coach was mentioning that some of the intangibles, the emotion was, was reflected in that as well. But on the stat side, you know, going through your stat sheet, I think of the, the 10 or 11 stats it lists for season high, all but one of them was was from this weekend. So certainly a, a great weekend there for you. And, you know, we've talked about the offensive game. We've talked about the defensive game. But I want to talk about your batting more for just a moment. You know, you hit 148 in your freshman year. You've more than doubled that this season, hitting 313 already. And we're not even done yet. You're kind of still going on that upward trajectory. Coach mentioned the physical aspect of it, too. He said you put on a little weight, did some work in the weight room. How much does that play a role in how you've developed as a player? I think the weight room is a huge part of it. Um, you know, last year I was about 170, 168, and I came back this year 185 uh, to 188. I think it correlates a, a big part of it into the game, but I think more than that, it's it's more the mental side of it. And and like the players, the coaching staff did a great job in reminding me and, and helping me to believe in myself. And I think that's where the success comes from. And you know what's what's left in your your game this season? You know you've been on that upward trajectory. What are some of the goals that you've set for yourself uh, for this season as a whole and for the remainder of the season? Um, you know, for me personally, I think I, I try and stay away from you know the kind of personal goals. Uh, you know, as a team, we you know we want to win a conference tournament, regional, super regional, and you know college world series. And I think it's important to put your team goals for yourself. And when you do that, you know your your personal goals will, will show for themselves. Well, Coach, something that's that's very apparent on this podcast as a whole, just speaking throughout the whole season, is we've got a lot of selfless guys on this team, and you know it's it's clear that that's become uh, a part of this program. Yeah, I, I think the most important part of our program is our culture, um, and our culture is a living, breathing thing. You know, I think it's a buzzword; people talk about it. Um, we constantly fight for our culture, right? I think all of, all of our players will tell you that it's through the decisions and the actions that we make every day. And so, you know, we have a good group of individuals. We've been tested at times, you know, when, when you go through losing streaks and, and you struggle, um, it is challenging. But I, I do think we have a good group of guys and um, they're willing to listen and keep an open mind and, and just keep moving forward. And so um, I was I would, like I said, I, I was really, really proud of them this weekend. I'm, I'm proud of all of our players, but I thought this weekend especially I was, I was just proud of them. Well, fellas, before we let you go, let's speak a little bit about what comes next in the season for LMU. You're going to go on your longest road trip of the season, eight straight games away from Page Stadium. Coach, you'll be starting out this road trip against UCLA in a single game. You've already played them twice this season, uh, but only one game at a time, kind of a smattering of competitions throughout the season. Does that feel like it's a more challenging way to play or is it an easier way to play compared to, to playing a game straight in a series? Uh, you know, it, it's... It's definitely different than playing a weekend series, um, you know, because 
when you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think you get a better feel for a team. But I think we have a pretty good feel for UCLA now because we have this is going to be the third time that we play them. They're obviously a good team and a good program and a program that we constantly want to play and we'll play them every year. Um, and then we have another game against them later in the year. So we're not done with them. And then getting getting ready for Portland, a good Portland team that's having a good year. They're pitching well and, and going on the road. We have not played well up to this point on the road. Um, I, I have a feeling that's going to change a little bit this week. Well, Matthew, I'd love to ask you about that as well. Kind of the same question I asked Coach initially. You know, do you prefer playing a team back-to-back in a series, or is it a little bit easier to have a break in between the games? I think it's, you know, especially I think I can speak to the offensive side, it is easier kind of back-to-back because you can kind of, you know, kind of get to see tendencies and how people make the pitch in here. But, you know, midweek games are fun. It's fun to play against teams like UCLA, the best teams in the country, and go out there and compete against and just compete against them. What are you looking forward to as a player uh, against the Bruins? Like I said, just going out and playing against some of the, you know, the best competition on the West Coast and in the country. Well, Coach, I'll ask you this first, but it seems like in the last two series that the Bruins have played, they've dropped their first two games, but won the third. It's taken them a little bit of time to start to adjust to new opponents. And like you said, you've already played them twice this season, but in a single game contest, do you think that that slower adjustment time for UCLA gives LMU a little bit of a chance, especially when you guys have been warming up the bats in the first and second inning pretty well? I, they'll be ready to play. They're they're a good team. I, I don't know if there's any advantage. I I do think it comes down to us playing our style of baseball. If we if we play good baseball, we'll be in the game. I think both games that we played UCLA, we haven't played as well as we're capable of playing. So honestly, I'm really interested to see us play well. And if we play well, I have a feeling we'll be in the ball game. And then then it comes down to a pitch here or there, right? We got to get a swing or we got to make a pitch, and that's the difference between winning and losing. But we have to play good baseball first. Uh, but yeah, UCLA is really well coached. They have good players. They'll, they'll be ready to go tomorrow, I'm sure. Well, a trend it seems like with you guys, especially on the road, is you play a really good, solid game of baseball, and it's just one frame here or there that the offense on the, your opponent's side kind of gets away from you. And Matthew, I'd love to hear from your perspective on this as a defensive player. You know, what's one of the things that that you can do from your side at second base there uh, to kind of limit those runs? Well, I think it's just kind of helping the team. You know, just finding them to be, you know, have good first steps and. Uh, just reminding them, you know, to, to be ready, really. And, and, you know, like I said, it helps a lot. Defensively, you know, with all of our pitchers, you know, we believe in them. And it helps make those strikes. Well, we're very excited to watch you guys mix it up against the Bruins. And uh, we wish you the best of luck on the road. Uh, Coach and Matthew, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast today. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. And before we sign off today, we'd like to say a huge thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Thank you to the LMU baseball program and head coach Nathan Choate for allowing us to bring you this podcast each week. Our KXLU station manager is Lydia Amasso, and our executive producer is Alexis Harris. And if you want to stay up to date with all things LMU baseball, you can follow at LMU Lions BSB on Instagram and Twitter to see what the Lions are up to this season. You can also get an exclusive look into the LMU baseball program by listening in right here on 88.9 FM KXLU each Tuesday at 6 p.m. or on lmulions.com slash podcasts to relive each episode anytime. And Lions, thank you for joining us for All Access with Nathan Choate. Join us next week as Coach Choate continues to take you behind the scenes with the LMU baseball program. I've been your host, Jonathan Grace. Until next time, have a great week and go Lions.